they charge me with resisting arrest. Get that confidence in jail. I object. All right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Allegedly Bravo. I'm Cash, and with me is my beautiful co-host. It's me. It's Lauren. We're back again. We made it through last week. Thank God. You guys, we're here to talk about Jen Shaw's best friend, Miranda. Miranda. And you may ask, who is Miranda and why do we need to know her? Well, let what me, are you doing here without Miranda? Yeah, let me just tell you, you guys. So the Miranda we're talking about, it's not the Miranda from Sex in the City. Darn. It is our beautiful Miranda versus Arizona. Do you know who she is? Miranda versus Arizona. Hmm. I believe she gives me some rights. Yeah. I think everybody who is a, I would honestly, I'm not going to put this on Gen Z. I'm going to say anybody who's a millennial knows their Miranda rights. Okay. <laughs> not to be shady. But... Wait, read me my Miranda rights. I'm going to do it off the top of my head. Okay. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you can, anything you say can be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to an attorney. If you cannot afford an attorney, one will be appointed to you. Do you understand your rights? Yes. Okay. So I think that's like a general waiver. And that's what we've everyone's seen on Law and Order SVU. Everyone's seen on um, an episode of Cops here or there when they've been hanging out with their drunk uncle. Whoa, whoa, so- whoa, whoa. Or aunt. <laughs> or aunt. Yeah. Or honestly, just or by just your- me. Yeah. Honestly, just by yourself. So. I wanted to bring back live PD. I'm sorry. (laughs) So I just want to do a brief little overview of Miranda because the reason why she's important is because Miss Jennifer Shaw is, you know, really just throwing her under the bus. She really is. And like, listen, we're maintaining the same roles that we did last episode. I'm pro Jen. Cash is pro gov. That's just the way the cookie's going to crumble. I am pro i am pro well you're representing the government that's why we're doing nothing yes but i am representing the government but i do still believe that a defendant is entitled to a fair trial i believe that well of course personally you do of course everybody she's a great fucking attorney she understands everybody's rights don't misconstrue this these are roles that we're playing people roles these are roles so here's a hot take that you can take to your next dinner party. Oh my God. I love it. When maybe Miranda is going to be brought up at the dinner table and you're able to describe the Miranda case. And yeah. we're going to say general terms because we're here to have fun. You guys, we're, we're here not here. Fun. I'm not here to walk you through the criminal procedural history of this fucking case. Okay. I can't do it. I will literally no. die. I cannot do it. Rip my eyeballs out. No. I mean, hello. We went through lots of I literally barely got out of law school. I'm not going to redo any of the procedural shit. Yeah. I mean, I did love criminal procedure. Lauren and I did take that class together. It was super fun. Our professor was great. And we were really involved in criminal procedure at like a very, this was like pre, I mean, of course we were, I think in 2016. So this was like very pre, pre, pre George Floyd, obviously, but it was kind of in like the, the early stages of the BLM movement and officer accountability, officer involved shootings on our black men. And it was fascinating. It was really an interesting time to be learning about criminal procedure because, you know, you're in that law school environment where it's literally our job to know, understand, and be able to argue Mm -hmm. both sides of a situation. Yeah. And 
Um, it just gets so heated, obviously, mm-hmm. and it's so emotionally charged. So I think that those discussions about, you know, Fifth Amendment and search and seizure and all that, they're so important to have. And it's mm-hmm. so important that when we are having these conversations, that we're talking about all sides are represented. All arguments can be made. They have all arguments must be made for anyone to move forward. Well, and I think it's extremely important for every single person in this country to understand their constitutional rights. And I think it's a thousand percent. It is so the lack of education, I think in our criminal justice system, the lack of education in people who, you know, lower income families, middle-class and even wealthy people don't understand their rights. I mean, we, I used to see it every single day. Like you would have somebody who was extremely educated getting arrested, you know, and just chirping off at the officer thinking that they understand their rights and what they can and cannot do. And it's, and so we're here, this is just like an educational fun moment for us to have together where we can kind of talk about Miranda in the best way possible. And that is with Jennifer Shaw. With Jennifer fucking Shaw, because let me tell you something. The amount of hours that I have put in watching that woman on TV, the least she can do is let me talk about her for an hour. And I'm Mm going to talk about her with Miss Miranda. So you guys, Miranda writes were created as a result of the case Miranda versus Arizona. And so in this case, the court held that there was no doubt that the Fifth Amendment, which is the right against self-incrimination, self-incrimination, that privilege is available outside of a criminal court proceeding. And it is sir, it serves to protect persons in all settings in which their freedom of action is curtailed in any significant way from being compelled to incriminate themselves. Really, the importance of Miranda versus Arizona is that like distinguish the fact that not only are you protected from incriminating yourself on a witness stand and in a court of law, but really at all points in the events um, in the investigation and charges against you. I would say yes and no. So that's the thing is Miranda. I think a lot of people think Miranda is very cut and dry, very black and white, but it actually is pretty complex of when you can invoke your Miranda rights, when the Miranda rights seem to be read to you. And so this case really stemmed from, I believe it was a kidnapping or there were allegations of a kidnapping. You guys, please it's have, been some, years. have some grace with me. It's been years since I've actually read the case, but there was a kidnapping case where then the police officers investigated it and then brought in a suspect, a la Miranda, mm-hmm. and they interrogated him and he made a full confession and it was really the court then determined, hey, look, not only do your fourth, fifth amendment rights, sorry, apply in a court proceeding, but they also provide uh, apply during an interrogation. This means that the prosecution cannot use statements, whether exculpatory or inculpatory, stemming from a custodial interrogation of a defendant, unless it demonstrates the use of a procedural safeguard to secure the privilege against self-incrimination. So the key there is custodial interrogations. So what is that? What is custodial interrogation? So that is a questioning that's questioning that's initiated by law enforcement officers after a person's been taken into custody and so really a prime example is is whether or not you've been deprived of a freedom so a custodial interrogation means so that's when questioning from law enforcement officers so that's questioning after a person's been taken into custody and a really good way to remember that is like if you've been deprived of a freedom so there you do not in a 
objectively do not believe that you can leave or you can. So, I mean, the best example is that you've been placed under arrest and you're sitting in one of those little interrogation rooms and they're starting to talk to you. At that point, you will be Mirandized. What about if I'm like pulled over for a speeding ticket? No. What about if I'm pulled over for a DUI? Nope. So Miranda doesn't apply to a detention because remember how you said it applies to every investigative stage? Yeah. That's where I said yes and no, because technically when you're being pulled over for a citation, a traffic violation, an infraction, the officer is still conducting an investigation. And so at that point, because he's conducting an investigation, he's asking questions. That's for purposes of making a determination of whether or not there's PC to arrest. And so what's PC to arrest? PC being probable cause. And so, or the reasonable suspicion, whatever. So at that point, so during you know, like say you get pulled over for expired tags. The officer isn't going to Mirandize you at that point in time. Okay. Okay. And then say you get pulled over for DUI. The officer's not going to Mirandize you when he says, hey, have you been drinking? Because at that point, you're not, it's not a custodial interrogation. It's questioning that is going to assist the officer in completing his investigation and making a determination of whether or not probable cause exists. Oh, so if I was like, yep. He'd be like, all right, turn around, slap him on. We're going. Of course, it's more complex of than course, that. But yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so right. the general, so we're going to assume at this point in our conversation that we're in a custodial interrogation. So at this point, a police officer must warn a suspect prior to any questioning that that suspect has the right to remain silent and the right to the presence of an attorney. If I have the right to remain silent. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that I have the right not to be asked questions? Like if the cop or whoever is like, where were you on August 3rd? Where were you on August 4th? Why do you smell like gumballs? Like, et cetera, or whatever they ask. Like, am I, can I just be quiet? Like, or can I just like, can you shut up? Like I said, Miranda. Well, I said, uncle. <laughs> well, you wouldn't say Miranda. You would say, so, <laughs> so really what the, ha- what's going to happen is that the officer is going to advise you of the right. And at that point you can indicate whether or not you wish to remain silent. And at that point, if you do invoke that right, you, at that point, the interrogation will cease because, you know, we, as two chatty Cathy's ourselves, right. Oftentimes like to talk after we have ceased the conversation. Listen, especially after you want to cease a conversation with me. I'll still get the last word in. Oh my God. And so that is the problem, you guys. So (laughs) so even if you say to it, you guys, again, this is not legal advice. Oh my God, please, for God's sakes. If you take this as legal (laughs) advice, I will kick your butt. So even after the warning's giving, if you then say, hey, look, I want my attorney present. And then we're like sitting there in an awkward five minutes of five minutes of silence. And then the officer officer just like kindly asks, like, hey, do you want a soda? And I say, and I say, yeah. Oh, and also Lauren stole the gumballs right then and there. Like I'm reinitiating conversation. And at that point I have then waived my Miranda rights because I've acknowledged them. I've invoked, but then I've continued to answer questions after being admonished and affirming an understanding. So that becomes an express waiver. And you guys, this is all very general. Like we said, it's extremely, extremely Uh complex, but 
just for like a fun little breakdown of it. So, oh my God, you know, don't exhausting though. Never, exhausting. don't be a chatty Kathy. Just shut up. Interrogation. Shut just the fucking fuck up. Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. Okay. So, so Jen is like, okay, well, everything oh, that Bear. I said should be totally forgotten about because um, Miranda doesn't apply. Do we want to do a dramatic reading of it? Okay, you guys, now that we have a little basic understanding of Miranda and who she is, we are going to now apply it to our beautiful Jen Shaw and the most recent filing from her defense attorney in their motion to dismiss. She is claiming that the Miranda warning resulted in... It was faulty. It just wasn't faulty. good. Yeah. Faulty wasn't great because she had itchy eyes, guys. So we are going to do kind of a dramatic reading of this and bear with us. On March 30th, 2021, I was arrested in Salt Lake City, Utah, while on the road on my way to recording an episode of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City for the Bravo Network. Shortly before I was stopped, an unknown person called me and said that my husband told, had told this unknown person to call me. The unknown caller told me to head home. I immediately tried calling my husband, but he did not pick up even after I called more than once. I began to worry for him. Okay. Yeah, right. You know, she was fuming and was like, fucking coach Shaw's never here for me, you know, in her dreadlocks. Right. Right. Soon after I received another phone call, this time from a 917 number. The caller explained that his name was Detective Christopher Bastos and that he was with the New York Police Department. I was confused as to why a New York police detective would be calling me as I was in Utah at the time. My first thought and apprehension was that the call must be related to my order of protection against individual one. I was therefore eager to know the reason for the call. Do you want to give a little background on that? Because it might be difficult for people to understand without some context. Okay. So for context, so for context, individual number one, uh, I don't even think I have to say allegedly because she has a protective order against this person who is named a um, individual number one, who we know by looking at the penal code under which this protective order was granted is somebody related to or very close with Jennifer Shaw in a familial manner. Um, so the interesting thing about this is in a different document that I read that I cannot recall off the top of my head right now said that the reason why this protective order came to be was because it might've even been in the protective order, but whatever, um, was because individual number one stole from Jennifer Shaw. And then after the whole protective order came to be, Individual number one, like, came and assaulted Jennifer in her own home. So she's sitting, according to Jen, she's sitting there because she had, like, a weird phone call in the morning. And she was like, that's weird. Who's that from? And then the phone call with this random individual unknown caller telling me to head home. Who's an unknown caller? Do you have questions about that? Because I have questions about that. Well, obviously, like, if somebody I didn't know was like, go home, I'd be like, no. Well, yeah. And that's where it's hard to believe her um, declaration. So, right. continuing. Like, home's the last place I'm going to go, stranger. 
So continuing on, she says, Detective Bastos did not tell me why he was calling, but instead told me to pull over. Minutes later, he pulled up in a car with other agents. I was walked to the back of the car, placed in handcuffs, and told that they had a warrant for my arrest. I was at the point very confused and emotionally off balance from the strange series of events and thought I might have been the victim of false identification. I repeatedly asked the detective for clarification questions, including, am I under arrest? And am I going to jail? Which were phrases I used interchangeably and thought of as the same thing. Detective never answered either question, but repeatedly said the words, the effect of, we just want to talk to you. And I promise we just want to talk to you. He also told me more than once, we just want to make sure you're okay. Detective statements led me to believe I might be in danger and that the police might be here to help me. I was so confused, however, because I had been placed in handcuffs. I was at the point consumed with the desire to know why I had been placed in handcuffs and apparently arrested. Okay. So at this point, she's saying really quickly. Sentence. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Me too. Cause it's so funny. She was like, wait, I think I'm in danger. I think they're here to help me, but I'm confused why I'm in, I'm in handcuffs, but then acknowledges that she was arrested. (laughs) I think I'm arrested. I'm in handcuffs, but obviously these people are here to help. Okay. Okay. My favorite part of this whole entire thing was I was at this point consumed with desire to know why I had been placed in handcuffs and apparently yeah. arrested. It's like, okay, what is this? Fifty Shades of Grey? Like, what is with the consumed with desireness of it? Like, ew, just stick to some regular old words, you know? Yeah, it's a little. I was consumed with consumed. desire. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So while I did not know this at the time, I later learned that detective was well acquainted with individual number one, AKA the restrained party. This Uh is not in the declaration restrained party of the criminal protective order that Lauren previously talked about. And she, in her declaration, Jen Shaw says that she discussed individual number one and his brother during her interrogation with the detectives. So then detective drove her to the ice headquarters, which I'm really like, why did they go to ICE headquarters? I'm assuming it's well, like a, here's my a neutral, uh, just like somewhere that they had, a, uh, I'm assuming they had available, available rooms. Well, I think, from oh my God, my, I think I might be drunk. For, who cares? Me too. From my understanding, um, she was filming and weren't they about to get, like hop on a PJ? So I'm wondering if like ICE was just something nearby, you know, because it's like a border, yeah. if it's an airport, you know? Yeah, so Detective drove her to the ICE headquarters and brought her to the break room around a circular table with three chairs. Detective and the HSI agent, which is the Homeland Security agent, handcuffed her to the chairs and then joined her at the table. Detective then read her the Miranda warnings from a printed paper. He then also handed her a copy to sign as she read along. You guys, that's going to be so fun, and we are going to really dive into that when we get to the government's response to this, because uh, I, there's really not much to say at this point because it's self-evident, but. Um, okay. I'm going to read the next part. Okay. Although I heard the words that detective read clearly, my contact lenses, which were in my <laughs> eyes were dry and I did not have my reading glasses. So my vision was blurry. <laughs> and I was unable to read the paper in front of me. It's like, Okay. That whole entire like sentence to me just reads like 
me in high school trying to lie my way out of something to my parents, you know, like, yeah, I heard, like, I heard you mom, but see my eyes are dry and my glasses are in the bathroom. So like, I didn't know that what you meant was clean my room or I'm going to be grounded. So like, I couldn't see. And like, you were talking and I didn't care. Okay. It reminds me of a poor excuse you would use to get out of an assignment with a teacher. Right. Like it's my, literally my dog. I, like my eyes are itchy. I can't give an oral argument. Like, okay. What? So then she goes, even while being read my rights, because by the way, the guy was like reading them aloud while she followed along with her itchy eyes. I did not fully understand what was going on. And I still thought that one explanation might be potential misidentification. All right. Probably not. If someone is like talking to you about this person who you already have a restraining order against, like probably not a misidentification. Really quickly. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but Something that I really, really, really want to point out to our listeners is the timing. So she's saying that her eyes are itchy during her Miranda. Remember that, because that's going to be important when we come back to the government's argument. Because she's saying that she's had itchy eyes through the entire process. They're very dry. They're very, very dry. Really quickly, like, how do you still at this point think it's a potential misidentification when they've probably at this point... Like you've already acknowledged that you've been Mirandized, you've acknowledged that you've been handcuffed and you've acknowledged that you've been brought to the ICE headquarters. And I'm assuming they've said Jennifer Shaw. Well, and I'm also assuming that like, there's not some other person that they're willing to arrest <laughs> while filming for national television. Well, and it's not like the detectives walked up and were like... We'll be back after a quick break. Finding Ruby is the incredible true story of a 16-year-old tricked by a seemingly innocent Facebook message. A message that would lead her from the protection of the mountains to the nightmare of an online trafficking den. Her first message to me was like, Hi, are you looking for a job? Ruby is hidden from the world, from everyone except her abusers. But she isn't alone. There is a team of people looking for her, and they will stop at nothing to find her. This isn't just the fight of her life, it's their fight too. Search for Finding Ruby today. Okay, the pup's asleep, so let's Instacart. He'll need a collar, some F-O-O-D, oh, and some gear for W-A-L-Ks. Wow, I can even get doggy shampoo? What a treat! Oh, no, 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 I didn't mean... Okay, fine, I'll cart the treats. When you want to give your new pet the world, the world is your cart. Visit instacart.com or download the app and get free delivery on your first order. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $35. Delivery subject to availability. Additional terms apply. Barbara? Hey, <laughs> no, like, hey. <laughs> where are you going? Because, like, we have other plans in mind for you. <laughs> they knew exactly who they were looking for. I mean, you're on fucking national television. We know who you are, lady. Like, there's no misidentification. You're a fucking real housewife, okay? And you came out as one of the baddest bitches in your first season, more confident than ever, and you wouldn't shut the fuck up. Don't even pretend. (laughs) Okay, so sorry to interrupt. You left off on, I was eager, I think. Being read my rights, I did not fully understand what was going on and still thought that blah, 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 blah. I was eager to find out what was going on. Detective Bastos just wanted to talk to me about why he, quote, 
wanted to make sure I was okay, end quote, because I was not getting answers to my questions. I believe that the only way I was finally going to get an answer was to sign the paper and waive my rights. Okay, listen, as the person who's all here for like up against the government and whatever, like um, they don't have to answer your questions, but you definitely have to answer theirs. <laughs> well, when you're being interrogated. No, you, you definitely don't have to answer their questions, well, when actually. You, when you write, yeah. when, but they definitely, definitely don't have to answer your Yes and no. I mean, I, I think Jen Shaw's painting this whole Miranda issue with a very broad, 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 broad brush. Uh-huh. She's really just trying to, she's, she's throwing every argument out there and hoping that the judge grasps onto one of them because I, I just continue to have a hard time with the potential misidentification. She thought this detective just wanted to talk. He kept asking if I was okay. And she's making it seem like he like was there to console to her. her. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're yeah. trying to, they were there to console her and take care of her. But it's like, when have you ever been advised your Miranda rights and been in handcuffs and thought somebody just wanted to talk? See, that's what I'm saying <laughs> when I'm like, they definitely yeah. aren't there to answer your fucking questions. Like, yeah, like that's where I'm having such a hard time. Like, never like even when an officer pulls me over to give me a speeding ticket never am I like oh he just wants to chat like this might be a misidentification oh my god he totally thought I was hot yeah (laughs) no he totally heard me singing and I'm like so cute to him now yeah Yeah. seriously no No. not happening so that's um, where I'm having a problem with it well where I'm having a problem with it as well is the part where she goes, I understood the only way, or I believe the only way I could even progress with understanding what was going on is to waive my rights. It's like, she's saying I had no choice. That's the argument that she's throwing at the wall in that mm-hmm. point. Each time detective Bastos asked if I understood my rights, he told me to initial next to the relevant statement of rights. At one point I signed next to the wrong line because I couldn't see the paper. Detective Bastos reread the missed line to make sure I knew what I had signed. After I stated, after, okay, literally the <laughs> sentence, after I stated that her I, eyes are itchy, her eyes are itchy though, but she stated, I stated it. That I understood that I could stop the questioning at any time. For the purpose of consulting an attorney, Detective Bezos told me that I, quote, got a sign there. I followed his instructions. So basically, she's like, I knew what I was doing. I listened. I read. I understood. But my eyes were itchy. itchy. I just listened to what he said. Did you know that if you get something in your eye, your ability to rationalize and understand completely ceases to exist? Well, if I were, like, it seems, I would just take my contacts out because, you know, I can't fucking see anything. I would just take my contacts out and go start doing crimes because it's like, it's not like you can get me. I can't see. So, okay. So in this situation, so I, you, you said that you would go take your contacts out. Like that would be a reasonable step, right? To handle and cope with the situation. Oh, well, and well, first of all, I would assume that I just being uncomfortable, like that would be your next step is to take your contact lenses out, correct? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if my eyes were itchy, I would be like, can I have like eye drops or whatever? Yeah. Okay. Well, so that's whatever. important. So yeah. that is Jen Shaw's position, right? Right. 
So she's saying, look, I had no idea what was going on during Miranda. Therefore, I didn't know you can't use the statements that I gave you after my Miranda warning in trial. So then the government says, all right, well, we're just going to talk to the detective. And then we're also going to listen to the recording. (laughs) And so, oh yeah, because it was all recorded too. It was recorded, at least the part where they get to the ICE headquarters. And so I don't know if the officers had body cam. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't because they were detectives, but also their NYPD. I don't know. So this is where you're picking someone up who's filming. You also are filming. I don't know though. So I'm not, I don't want to speculate, but so the government says, Hey, look, the defendant was arrested on March 30th. Prior to her arrest, the detective called the defendant and asked her to pull over. That aligns with Jen's story. Correct. Yeah. A few minutes later, detective and other law enforcement officers arrived. The defendant was escorted to the back of the car, placed in handcuffs and told the agents, um, a warrant. They had a warrant out for her arrest. The detective did not tell the defendant her charges at the time, which technically is, I don't believe is required by law. I think that they have to just advise you of your, the charges brought against you at some time during the arrest and detention. So the fact that she was placed in handcuffs, the advisor that she had a warrant out for arrest, put her in the car and then drove her to the headquarters and then had an opportunity to explain the charges. Like, I don't feel like that is that absurd. Cause I think she kind of makes a point of that as well in her motion. Right. I think she starts, I think at one point she argues, hey, look, they didn't even tell me why I was being arrested. Oh, yeah, because she was under the impression that in order to get any information, she had to sign this piece of paper. Yeah. So anyway, so the officers tell her, um, so the officers then told her in some and substance that the agents wanted to talk to her and wanted to make sure that she was okay. So the detective drove the defendant to the ICE headquarters and upon arrival, the agents brought the defendant into the break room and handcuffed her to a chair, which I'm assuming a standard protocol just in an interrogation, FYI. And not at any point would I ever have assumed that that was just a casual conversation about possible misidentification, right? Right. <laughs> so... Um, the officers had shown the defendant the statement of rights form and advised her that the officer would read the um, statement of rights form verbatim to her. So they have a question. She identifies herself, states her date of birth. This is all recorded, but the recording is actually under steel because technically the investigation is still ongoing. Um, and so that will be interesting when this is all handled, if they're going to release that recording. Oh, my God. I want to listen to it. So here, you guys, this is important. So she states her name, her address, blah, blah, blah. And then the detective then reads defendant her rights. And she initials next to each of them on the Miranda waiver form. Then they cite the exact timestamp on the video recording. (laughs) And it says, detective read aloud from the waiver form. I have read or someone has read to me this statement of my rights. And I, meaning you, understand what my rights are at this time and I'm willing to answer questions without a lawyer present. Is that correct? Defendant then replied yes and signed the form. Another time stamp. Okay. And the so I have that statement of rights in front of me right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So just so you know, this is what I'll do it verbatim. Oh, okay, good. Okay. So this is Bastos. Before we ask you any questions, it is my duty to advise you of your rights. One, you have the right to remain silent. Then Jen Shaw initials. Two, anything you say can be used against you in a court of law or other proceedings. Jen initials. 
you have the right to consult an attorney before making any statement or answering any questions. Jen Shaw initials. You have the right to an attorney present with you during questioning. Jen Shaw initials. If you cannot afford an attorney, one will be appointed for you before any questioning, if you wish. Jen Shaw initials. And the last one, if you decide to answer questions now, you still have the right to stop the questioning at any time or to stop the questioning for purposes of consulting an attorney. Jen Shaw initials. And then the waiver comes that Cash just read, which is signed by Jennifer Shaw, as well as the um, Detective Bezos. So there's okay. at least three people in this room that are watching this while it's being recorded and while she's initialing next to every single item. So I just want to remind you that the detective read her her rights and she initialed next to each of the Miranda waiver forms at timestamp 50 seconds to two minutes and 15 seconds. So it took kind of a while. So then after reviewing the defendant's rights and the detective read aloud from the waiver form, blah, 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 blah. And she replied that she understood those rights. That timestamp is two minutes and 15 seconds to two minutes and 28 seconds. Then the defendant then mentioned that her contacts were blurry. Special agent Corbett asked, are you okay? Do you need to go to the bathroom? The defendant spent the next few minutes fixing her contacts lenses with the assistance of the detective and special agent. And that is time stamped and six minutes and four seconds. Once so, the agents really quickly, once the agents confirmed that the defendant was good, they began questioning her. And that timestamp is at six minutes and 55 seconds and seven minutes and 20 seconds. Can I make an argument for Jen? Yeah. Oh God. I know, but it's my job. So I would say that as Jennifer's attorney, I would be like, she signed the items. You got me there. It's time stamped. You got me there. But almost immediately after signing all this stuff, after you guys all finished talking and she understood that she could say something is when she said, by the way, my eyes are itchy after she already signed away all her rights. Sounds convenient. It does sound convenient, but it also, it also sounds like something that someone would say if, you know, they were being asked a bunch of questions by two people. They don't know why they're at ICE. Like, they don't know sure. what's going on. They're like, okay, I guess I better just sign it. And also now my eyes are itchy now that I did what you needed me to do. Like, can I have some water or whatever? Mm-hmm. But I don't think in any way that invalidates her understanding but of what Miranda. she's saying is that she felt the only way that she could express that is if she signed the piece of paper we'll be back after a quick break i'm shannon jimenez sassone a former nypd misconduct investigator a podcaster and a videographer i'm nat w i've been a social worker a hot minute. Working alongside the police left us with more doubt than encouragement. Uh, we've tried in our career fields to be doers and it still feels impossible. Is it even possible to work alongside the police and not be part of the police state? Fixing it does start with having the conversations. It's everything that you should know about the police. It's going to be a hard conversation, but it's a hard topic. Not an Arc podcast premieres Tuesday, January 17th on all streaming platforms. Yeah, she's arguing duress of some sort and coercion. Right. Which, I I mean, she's going to have to, I believe she has to prove by a preponderance of the evidence that there's sufficient evidence that the Miranda waiver was 
proper. Well, Jennifer thought, you know, if I were Jen or if I were arguing for Jen and like Jen's attorney did say, um, she was under the impression that Detective Bezos only was desire was to talk and that she was misled that they were just trying to help her or clear up an issue. And, you know, because of that, coupled with the weird phone calls and the events of the day, uh, it was just too much. It's going to be hard. She's going to have to be able to prove that the Miranda was coerced or done so under duress. And I think that's going to be really difficult to prove when you have a video recording. You don't think having unadjusted contacts is duress? (laughs) Here's the thing. Like, what I'm going to say is, like, there are people who are Mirandized (laughs) with blood dripping down their eyes. Like, you think that your eyes are fucking dry? Okay, big whoop. Like, people get Mirandized under way harsher mm. consequences than being taken out of an air-conditioned vehicle on your way to your private jet in full glam. Huh? <gasps> How do you feel about that? How do I feel about that? I'm just saying you're very <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, very I'm just saying, like, I, I, I'm just saying, like, Jen, the privilege that you have is so incredible to think that you... You can just go forth and be like, my eyes were itchy when there are people who have yeah gone through way intense other things before being Mirandized. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Okay. So my favorite part about this entire thing is that the officers, after she said that her eyes were blurry, they then asked, are you okay? Like, do you need to go to the bathroom? They let her adjust her contact lenses. And then they confirmed after like, are you good? And then they began questioning her. Right. Because they were doing the right thing. And it is just Jen's attorney's job to throw all the shit at the wall. Like, yeah, you know, it's, and I think that while the arguments were, some were good and some were very far-fetched, I think mm-hmm. it was very thorough and well-written. Yeah. Hardly a typo and Jen's getting what she's paying for. I think this is a good attorney. Yeah. I think her attorney is doing a good job. Like, uh-huh. I think these are all valid arguments to make and uh-huh. you have to do it. And it's, like she shouldn't be faulted for it she's exercising her right to a fair trial and Uh you know she's doing everything she can to protect herself and her family and i i don't blame her for it i do think it's going to be an uphill battle oh yeah and i'm really fascinated to see what happens with the government not the government i'm so sorry the court's ruling on the government's most recent opposition to defense's motion to dismiss like what's going to happen after that because then the ball's really going to start rolling you know, and we'll have the preliminary hearing, we'll have a motion to suppress, you know, and then it'll be interesting at that point to see, is she going to resolve? Is she going to take a plea? Right. You know, if we get there, of course, she's innocent until proven guilty. Um, Everybody is afforded that right under our constitution. Mm -hmm. And, you know, know what, here here in the court of public opinion. Yeah. You can think whatever you want. You can, and we'll leave it on that, you know? Well, you know, I do want to leave it on that, but also I kind of want to like leave it on a more lighthearted note. And can we just talk about like real criminal activity or do we have to just keep talking about this shit? You guys, okay. We have such a fun little segment that we've started to adopt into our podcast. It is going to be our everyday crimes, Mm. things that we witness, you know, at the grocery store, getting gas, getting their impact you. Things that are impact us and things that are almost, if not more important than the constitution. Way more important than the constitution. Are you crazy? And that is things that we personally believe are criminal acts. Exactly. 
And Lauren, do you want to give an example of one that's just been really on your mind? I mean, I have three. So I'll start with my least fun one that really oh, just God. is grinding my gears. Oh, God. And something I thought, that, we, were, I thought we were ending on a positive We are. Note. We are. Oh. I mean, my third one is positive. But at this point, what I think is criminal is I'm studying for the bar right now as I can't stop talking about. And the question, you're studying for for the bar and I'm stuck in a loft. It's like the two things people are probably like, shut the fuck up. God, like, are there any more parts of your personality? No, no, not really. Okay. No. So I'm studying for the bar right now. And with that is like this program called adapt a bar. And I go through and I answer all these stupid multiple choice questions. And then when I get it wrong, it tells me why I got it wrong. And the thing that's fucking criminal is when I choose an answer and then it goes, you're wrong, but technically you're right. But B is more right. I picked an answer, but let me just tell you this one. I did a question today and I picked letter C as my answer. And when I, you know, picked it and was like, show me the car facts, it was like, nope, the answer is A. But 68% of people picked C. So it's like, what the fuck? If 68% of us are wrong, maybe you're doing something wrong. I totally understand. This is going to be harsh, but mine, and I mean, no disrespect. Criminal act is men that try to grow facial hair that can't. Okay. First of all all disrespect if you can't grow facial hair don't yeah it's something that is really it really bothers me and I understand it's probably such an insecurity with men you know because you're seeing this like beard movement where these men are growing these like insane beautiful long beards and they have gorgeous locks and it's like you can barely sprout a mustache but just because they can't doesn't mean you can there are other things that you're good at. Not sure what they are. Yeah. But, but that that's really my gripe of the day. Ugh. It's been, it's been bothering me so much and it was really, really, I think I'm having a stroke. You guys, <laughs> it I'm was very, bon. it was very prevalent while I was watching Love Island. Oh my God. I love Love Island. Okay. So why, but the- like there was a, there was a thick, 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 erratic beard on there. Oh, oh, I know exactly. You're talking about Flight of the Seagulls guy. Yeah, I think so. With the blonde coif. Yeah, and then I think the other one's Corey. I think he had one, a bad one too. Okay, well. But we won't name names. My next, they'll be gone next week, so it doesn't even matter. My next one is something that I find incredibly criminal is the way that Khloe Kardashian's love life has caused me so much turmoil. (laughs) <laughs> I can't do it anymore. And she wait. needs to be arrested. Did you put that? <gasps> what? Wait, I did not expect you to go this hard. Oh, really? Yeah. What did you put? Mine are like fun things, but this is like everything. Oh. <laughs> well, if you say crimes, I'm going to go deep. You know I love to complain. If you're oh going to give God. me a platform, all I'm going to do is complain. Well, Fucking Khloe Kardashian, like, God love you, sister. And, like, this is being said with love, but I need to be very direct with you, Khloe. Cut it out. 
Here I am minding my own business on Instagram when she posts the sexiest shower photo ever with that rock hard body. And and what does fucking Lamar Odom do? Comments on it. Hottie flame emoji, flame emoji, hard eyes, hard eyes, heart. Lovey, lovey emoji. No. I thought it was in her relationship. Okay. Well, then Tristan, Mr. Cheater, Cheater, Pumpkin Eater, gets involved and goes, well, Tristan comments, heart, heart, drool, drool emoji. And then goes, at Lamar Odom. Okay. Ready? God brought you back the first time. Play if you want. Different results. I'm sorry, Tristan. Lamar Odom may have almost nearly died. But all you've been doing is cheating on this girl left and right. The audacity of these men. The audacity. I agree. Okay. What's your next one? Honestly, I'm going to end it at that because I don't think any of mine are good enough to then repeat. I'll come up with better ones for next week, but. Okay. Well, it was fun. Even even though this was my idea. (laughs) It was your idea, but I think it's because it was your idea. I got nervous, so I overcompensated. And I appreciate that. I appreciate the <laughs> overcompensation. Well, you guys, that's it for us. We hope you had fun. We talked about Miranda. If you want to know more about her, let us know. We can do a deep dive. Get into more of the complexities of our um, constitutional right. But for now, peace and love, baby. Peace, peace and, and love. love. And also, that being said, follow us on Instagram at Allegedly Bravo. Go to our website, www.allegedlybravo.com. Follow us on Twitter at Allegedly Bravo. <laughs> And, um, oh yeah. And also like rate review and subscribe. And one of those three is the most important. And I don't know which one it is, but I would say it's the rate, but I do like reading the compliments. So please also review. Love it. Okay. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye you guys.